Welcome to Movie Time Machine, where each week we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week, we travel back to the year 1977 and revisit the original Star Wars A New Hope. Directed and written by George Lucas, starring Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Sir Alec Guinness. This is your Time Machine host, Chad, and let's meet my co-host today. Hey, I'm James. Uh, currently, I'm watching Jack Ryan on Amazon, and... Uh... That's uh, that's kind of the only thing I'm like kind of into right now. Uh, Chad, what are you enjoying? Uh, right now, I'm still enjoying Ozark. Jumped into season two, and um, I watched the first two episodes of uh, the Star Wars live action show, The Mandalorian, and which I'm and really how are you liking that. I'm really digging it. It's I'm really I wish I could just binge it because it's just like uh you know it's it's just getting rele- released on a weekly basis so. I just wish I could just sit and binge it. So I'm just really anxious to see what's going to drop next Friday. So really yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of my coworkers have definitely sold me on the Disney plus, but then, uh, I believe one of our other co-hosts, uh, Jamie had informed me that if you have Verizon, you can probably get on that bandwagon for a year. So I'm going to look into that today. <laughs> yeah. I think if you get the unlimited plan, you get it free for a year. So nice. All right. Brought to you by Verizon. all right uh before we go into our star wars discussion i just want to inform our listeners to let you know that new episodes drop every friday on most of your podcasting platforms and please remember to share like and subscribe if you like the show please leave us a short review on apple Podcasts and give us that five star rating because that's the only one that counts you can also follow us on twitter at movie machine pod or just do a search for movie time machine and find us there please send your questions or comments so we can read them on the show and just to give you some homework for our next two episodes, we will be reviewing The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi to lead up to the release of The Rise of Skywalker. Now, on to the show. We're going to tell you what the movie's about. We're going to go over some box office numbers. We'll do a quick review of the film. Then we're going to go over some questions that we have on the film. And we're going to end with our top five list of our non-main Star Wars characters in the film. So, James, if you want to give us a quick synopsis. Yeah, no problem. So Star Wars, A New Hope. Uh, The Imperial forces under the orders of the cruel Darth Vader hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to to quell the rebellion against uh, the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together uh, with the ah, companionable droid duo R2-D2 and C-3PO to rescue the beautiful princess, help the rebellion alliance, and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. Uh, I think that synopsis is a little funny because it's pretty much just the rundown when you start with the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds right, like right the opening. Call. Yeah, it's like, so if you didn't, if you didn't know, you just press play and you'll right. be good to go. Um, so with the box office, actually, I was surprised to look at like that the budget was eleven million dollars. Um, I was thinking that that in 1977, that seems like a lot for somebody to give to a movie in that time. Um, but maybe not because I, I don't know. I was just trying to think of some other bigger films that like probably ended up taking a lot more time to film than this movie. That probably cost more. Um, but yeah, opening weekend, I think they just had uh, about one million five hundred fifty-five thousand uh, dollars. But total U.S. gross altogether ended up being four hundred and like about four hundred sixty-one million dollars. So. Definitely great return on investment there. Worldwide ended up being uh, $775 million or so. Um, what I thought was interesting, yeah, uh, initial release, just it was in just 32 
theaters uh, for the first 18 months, grossing uh, $307 million. That's yeah, that's incredible. That is people dedicated to going to see this multiple, multiple times, times, which probably the theaters had never seen at that point. Yeah, I think this was was a, a huge moment too. Like when you look at the box office, office numbers, like Star Wars continued. I mean, it was on that initial eighteen month run. It was, it was still bringing in tons of money in that second year as well, where it was like it made an additional like thirty three million dollars which is yeah like, like they i was gonna say they yeah they re, uh they closed its release after i think it was uh 14 months and then ended up reopening it the next day yeah uh and keeping it open for another four months well then that's what's crazy is keeping it open for just an additional four months making another 34 million dollars right, right. yeah. that's insane that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy i wish i kind of had a t- at an actual time machine to go back and just kind of be around to see what that that buzz was like was like to kind of experience that well for sure because that means like i like the way i just kind of have to view it in my head is it's people that were near theaters because if it was just 32 theaters like people had to drive probably a couple hours just to go see a movie that they were just hearing from word of mouth and like which also what like what does that even look like in 1977 right Right. there's no social media like i'm like how are people hearing about all this unless it's just happens to be on the word of mouth and radio and you know probably the news radio you got like from the your, news like, three, probably was insane yeah your three like main like network you know channel yeah. like your cbs abc nbc that was it so that's pretty exactly I, it had to be uh somebody on the phone just all of a sudden like somebody's cousin from california was like they saw it they said it was the best thing they'd ever right. seen in their lives and then like <laughs> right. all of a sudden big group of kids are like we gotta go you know figure out how to get on a trip or a bus to go see it so no that's a that's really cool i be interested to dive into what box office stuff looked like uh for a couple more films back then but that had to be one of the first of its time to start making like multi-million dollar i mean even looking at the date of um coming out on the may 25th like the start of the movie season as we know it now is this kind of what depicted that whole summer movie box office or even the term blockbuster um kind of thing so yeah yeah, that was because uh, I was looking at movies that came out that year too. So like number two was Smokey and the Bandit, which pulled in 126 <laughs> million gross, and third was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay, there you go. So it's a good year for sci-fi. Yeah, I would say so. I think that was probably your. I mean, yeah, there you go with Close Encounters with between Lucas and Spielberg. Uh, that was like the beginning of starting this whole new regime of uh, like really really good um special effects and like just what they could do together to make things look really good um so yeah that's uh it's just pretty impressive all right uh thanks for going over those numbers so it's just you and i james so i just wanted to not really i guess we it's kind of obvious that you know i think we both like this film so why don't we just do like a quick review like why you like the Star Wars or just your feelings about A New Hope? Uh, so, well, my first initial feelings with A New Hope, it locks you in. I, I mean, obviously locks you in from the beginning with uh, 
just the uh, synopsis in the beginning. I've never really seen a movie like that. And then just moving into, you know, from space into like all the, like the laser shooting and all that, it just kind of grasps your attention, especially um, as a child watching this. Um, but for me, the biggest thing, and it still holds true to this day is just the, the movie score, like the John Williams score that is throughout the whole film. Uh, it just, it tells so many different stories where I'm really curious to know how this movie, how I'd feel about this movie if it didn't have such a strong musical background. I mean, yeah, he's by, depicting. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. No, I'm, I didn't mean to jump in, but yeah, that was, you know, that's the question I had, like, rewatching this film and trying to, like, think about it a little bit more deeply beyond, like, just, like, the, you know, my experience with the past. But yeah, like, I was, like, thinking to myself, what would this movie be like with a different score? Like, would it be would I like it as much? Cause like I was really paying attention to the score cause I was listening to it with headphones and I was like, man, like this score is like moving through like each part of the film is just like connecting it. And one thing I noticed about like the sound, not to get ahead of myself, but I want to talk about the sound design too, was that even like in the parts where the score isn't present, like it's not really like quiet. There's always like little like bleeps and like there's something in the background that's always there to like, so like the scene isn't dry, like especially like in the Death Star scenes, there's always like some kind of like blips and beeps in the background or like there's always some kind of ambient noise there. Yeah, for sure. those like, but anyway, carry on your experience oh. with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, uh, that that was my first little initial thought when I was rewatching this was just that the movie score goes throughout. And I do, and I uh, remembered that I did at one point and I actually found my soul and then um, purchased the, CDs when they re-released everything for Star Wars again, uh, when they remastered it on VHS and whatnot. And uh, they did re-release like the full movie scores onto CDs and I actually still own them. And that was like one of the first times I think I was listening to them and thinking, um, wow, you're, to your point, there is music almost entirely throughout this whole, whole movie. Like It's like they scored an entire movie. It's not just two themes that repeat itself throughout uh, right. like the entire movie, which most movies seem to be. Um, right. This, this has multiple themes. Like as soon as like, even you see in the first like 15 to 20 minutes of T3PO and R2D2, I mean, it, you just have themes of friendship. Um, you have Luke and him looking off into the distance at Tatooine. You got uh, themes of like fear and wonder. And uh, then uh, later you got themes of betrayal. Like just there's so many different musical cues that play throughout this entire film that just it really just builds your emotion uh, to how you're feeling about each character, which is so smart because why would I care about two droids, one that doesn't talk? Um, right. And then the other one that it talks too much and it, like for ultimately should be annoying. Right. But right. But you care about these two guys because I think because the score really depicted that they have a really strong friendship. And it's just and why why would I feel that between the blender and the ice maker? It's just really weird. So um, but that was I know that, bad, bad analogies for those two. I just was thinking, but just two <laughs> arbitrary machines that I really shouldn't care a lot about is kind of what I was trying to get at with that. Um, but yeah, so uh, initial thoughts for me was just the score. Um, cinematography was second. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Lawrence of Arabia, just a, a very strong film um, presence uh, that uh, still over time holds up uh, to me and is still like, a, I can't remember what number that is in like AFI top 100 or whatnot, but I know Lawrence Arabia was really strong influence on um, 
Spielberg. Uh, after watching the Spielberg documentary, he was saying how that was a movie he went to go see and saw like easily a hundred times while it was in its like release, which I thought was, I mean, it's a long movie, so that's incredible. But just uh, something where he saw something so visual that really just um, grasped him. Uh, so I'm just wondering if Lucas had, um, if that was something that he would like it uh, liked as well, and it just kind of took from that. Uh, I don't know. And then lastly, I guess for me, uh, with the R2-D2, since I was talking about it, uh, I was just wondering, uh, like, is he the original, like, Gromit from, like, Wallace and Gromit? Like, he only makes a couple sounds or, fa- like, he has no facial expressions. But all of this, like, I think at this point from seeing the movies, like, full on, we know what those beeps semi mean when R2-D2 <laughs> is nervous about something. Right. Like, why do why? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so we can we can whistle those those tones and you're right like if we were in a group setting we would probably know like yep i agree right, <laughs> right. which is just kind of which is just kind of funny and genius um and like when it comes to it but uh those are my first initial takeaways with watching it again um not to get too busy into the story but just looking at uh just everything else that was going on in the background and why it held my attention um for so long and uh like in, until now even it like it's not something where i'm like i don't want to watch it i put it on and was thinking i hadn't seen this in some time and after the first like two minutes of everything going on i was like yep i'm sitting down and this is i'll finish this all today (laughs) right right um just really quick when you talk about like the influences on george lucas i know that one of his big biggest influences for this movie was um was it the i can't remember the the director's name now is like kurosawa that directed the movie yojimbo um, which is like a samurai film. I was, was going like to say, the Kurosawa, yeah, the, the yeah. name sounds familiar. So that was like a big influence on him. Then like just old like World War II movies, I think he used for a lot of like the dog fighting, like the, especially like when it comes to like the, like the Death Star, Trench Run, like just to sell like the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters like are going in for the attack. I think he used a lot of like old World War II footage for that. But I think his his big influence was the, Yojimbo film, I think. It's been like the film, like, hey, you should go back and watch this to see where George Lucas got a lot of his influence for the cinematography in Star Wars. So, but I don't know. I just been told that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, like one of those. Huh? I'll have to go back and look for myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> so cool. Um, Yeah, I, I kind of just want to echo a lot of the same things that you just said. Um, just sitting down. I, every time I go back and watch A New Hope, going in i'm always like this isn't really my favorite of the original trilogy movies but once i sit down and like the story gets going i'm just like man i <laughs> i always forget how much i like this film like going back to it and just how it, it just sets up yeah. the the original trilogy and i'm just always kind of amazed that how it it, it is held up and, the, and why don't we just move into that part of the conversation actually um because I know um, I've had friends and um, even somebody that's a part of the, the movie Time Machine group has said that, like, you know, Star Wars, they can't get into it. It seems old and <laughs> seems dated. But um, for the most part, I think this film really holds up, um, except for maybe, like, the, uh, the, the, the scenes that they added apart as part of the special edition. So like the CGI yeah. <laughs> scenes that they add, but that were from like 1996 or 97, like going back and seeing those now, they don't look 
as great. They can, they really stick out. Yeah, I I'd agree with. So watching it this round, I can't remember when the last time I watched a New Hope was, and I'm actually willing to guess it was probably on VHS uh, before I, or actually no, I, I know I saw it in the theaters when they re-released it with yeah. this new footage, but like the VHS copies, like the originals, before they added the CG, that's like the what's in my memory. So even watching my copies that I own, um, I don't know if I've actually watched it in my own home. And then I was yeah. I was very caught off guard by that. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Stormtroopers <laughs> riding, riding that, uh, um, whatever you would call it. <laughs> and I was like, that, that definitely threw me off. Yeah, sorry, do back. <laughs> That'll be fun when we get to our favorite characters trying to see if I'm pronouncing any of these guys right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't wait for that. <laughs> but I know, yeah, so that our buddy that um, – that has a tough time with uh, with these movies because he says they're dated and he couldn't even make it through. I don't even think he made it through Empire. I think he just watched A New Hope and then just called it quits. Uh, I just, it just it throws me off that he thinks that it looks dated. Um, sure, the movie looks old as any movie in the '70s or early '80s would look, uh, but it, it like it's bothersome to me that if he is like depicting this um, strictly on special effects or whatnot. Um, like, uh, or maybe it is that he just can't get behind the storyline, but um, from everything we were talking about in the beginning, there's so much going on with um, good, sin- uh, like good movie making that I feel like he should be able to get past that point pretty quickly into the viewing, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. I just, you know, again, for my memory, like going back to this, I would, one of the reasons why I always think I don't like New Hope as much because I feel like it obviously does look the oldest out of the the Star Wars films. But, man, it looks pretty good. Even, like, the practical effects, I think, really hold up. And that, those are probably the ones that hold up the most over time. And I know that when they did, like, the... Uh, before they did the special editions, they did, like, a remastered version where they, like... Um, there used to be, like, a lot of blocking around, like, the... Um, like the ships in the film and they clean that up. And even if they would have kept those practical effects, like they still really looked good. Like those would still hold up over time. I guess for me, the only thing that doesn't hold up as well is like the hair, <laughs> the, the hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's obviously looks like the, the era of like the late seventies. Um, as far as like scenes go, I, I think most of the movie holds up except for like the trench run, like when they're going to attack the Death Star. Like it just it just seems weird that it just seems so kind of empty. Like there's just like a couple like, you know, TIE fighters and X Wings and like the battle and you think, Man, there's like this giant space station. There's gotta be like all those ships and I, I know like technically like they probably didn't have the technology to do that or add that in, but Yeah, I, feel I know like whenever... that's the only Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say well, yeah, I know whenever I've seen um any like behind the scenes of like uh, a new hope when they, and like they're doing all the spaceship and um, death star uh, scenes and kind of going over it for the era. Like it does seem just incredible. That, like, cause they had to create all these new special effects and new technologies to make this happen is probably why yes. it did cost so much. Um, so that's where you're right. Like those scenes, um, they don't hold up as well to what we're known for viewing right now, but for the time, like uh, it's like, it's incredible what they did. Cause with that, it opened up all these resources for the next films, which to your point, like that's why this one probably looks the oldest and not as clean. So, right. Cause I think when you go, when you kind of compare this film to like empire, like empire looks really good. I think I mean, if we talk about that one in the future, like 
for over at New Hope. Like I think it's just amazing, like the steps that they took going into that film three years later versus a New Hope. Yeah, absolutely. It's like they, yeah, they had the time. They probably had more money and more uh, resources to them after this movie did so well. And then, yeah, being able to just uh, clean it up and actually know how to do a lot of the stuff. Like, I'm going to be like, all right, well, this is how we're going to make a spaceship fly and make it look realistic in space with stars and everything else. Like, they didn't have to do several trials before <laughs> before being able right, to film. Like, right. they're like, yep, we, are, we got this. We'll just use the background we did in the last one. So, but yeah, a lot of even like the space, um, yeah, just the, even the space scenes and just like the glows around planets, like it's just really incredible what they could do. Because, um, I mean, I know they had a lot, clearly a lot more resources, but you really feel like um, when you're a kid in the '90s with your own like video VHS video camera, like you might be able to make something similar somehow. Because like right. you're like, well, how did they <laughs> right. do this? Like there was no computers really helping me out in the '70s. So like, what, right. like how can I make these films? So I don't know. It's just really cool. I mean, it just got everybody's. Uh, for me personally, it just got my my love for star wars started clearly and then it just became um i think for movies in general just of uh, epic movies like that are just like bigger than life uh and just made everything just so much fun yeah and thanks for bringing up like the the technology that they had to create for that film because it made me think of watching the mandalorian i was looking at some behind the scenes stuff and what they actually did to they wanted to create some more practical effects for the series and not have it be completely digital for the That's special cool. effects is they the crew rebuilt some of the same like um like the like cameras on like the rails and rollers that they use for the original Star Wars trilogy and like making like the models and stuff like that and incorporated into the Mandalorian so just the idea of like how that technology over 40 two years now is is still being used today so yeah that's cool well and then even like so like even going beyond technology if you just even go let's say art and costume design um with it like even just the cantina scene with how many different made-up characters are involved in that how many different costumes were made and i think that was like a big criticism when uh, we started making, you know, episodes one, two, and three or, uh, where, you know, they were all just CG characters. And I think that took away, I think people were getting frustrated with, um, it, I don't even want to know if it, the realism is the right way to put it. Cause clearly these, um, puppeteers and, uh, Jim, Jim Henson-esque uh, like right. uh, aliens uh, right. weren't real, but it like, but it, it fit for what we had seen or what we had known. And then uh, just adding these, real fluid cgi characters I, it, like it almost took away from the movies that's why i appreciate like guillermo del toro like with um pad's labyrinth and other movies that he's made uh, or even like yeah. the hellboy films he's done yeah. i feel like a good combination of let's keep something cg but then let's really bring some, the makeup artists back um in different scenes uh it just i don't know i think it just plays better so the fact that you're saying mandalorian is kind of I don't want to say dumbing it down, but bringing it back to the feel of how um, we all knew and loved uh, Star Wars films, especially for such a new series to kick off a, a new generation mm -hmm. of Star Wars um, ideas. Uh, like, it's just really cool. Yeah, I just think there's something, there's like a lack of depth in like what you're seeing and like reference to like what's real and what's not when you put too much CGI into a <laughs> film. Like when it's a lot of CGI, just, I don't know, there's something that just looks like just doesn't look lived in or it's like too crisp or that's a conversation we can go 
or a completely different conversation about like CGI versus practical. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll write that down for a future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, some other things too. I just wanted to touch on quick that didn't age well was uh, so I talked about the trench run, uh, the hairstyles, yeah, <laughs> and just like the added special edition scenes. Uh, that's all I really have. Did you have any other ones? Um, no, I think those were, I think, yeah, I think you nailed it. Like I even forgot about hair. I think I was thinking it the whole time <laughs> I was watching it. Uh, I just didn't like make a note of it. Right. Um, I guess the only other thing would just be, uh, for me, some of the costumes, I think it just seemed like even like they must've spent so much money on the special effects and other, um, pup- puppeteering situations that the, like just clothes that they generally wore. <laughs> like I just seemed like they really phoned that part in, but uh, like, I guess uh, building all these new technologies, that's what clearly costs the most to make right. this work. And that's not what they were, right. were necessarily worried about. So, um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think you kind of hit it on the head with all that. All right. All right. Before we go into, um, our list of, non-main characters in the film um i just want to touch too quick i watched the this on the new disney plus streaming service yeah and one of my biggest surprises when i first started watching it it was that it's now in 4k hdr and it's like the best i've this has got to be the definitive way to watch star wars now it's the best that i've ever seen it It it's just so crisp and like you could see like the details in like the Darth Vader mask. Like it's obvious, like how kind of patched together, <laughs> you know, like some of like the costumes were versus like when you watched it in like um, even Empire and Return of the Jedi, like the mask becomes like it's a lot shinier oh. <laughs> in each iteration. But you could definitely see like some paint marks. And so, but that that's actually okay so that's funny that you mentioned it like that so i was gonna ask you if you're seeing it in 4k like they're updating these older movies like this that weren't meant for 4k like, i was just gonna ask him like how much detail can you see and does it take away from certain things like i keep i always try to think like when uh 4k was first coming out and like what was i feel like lord of the rings might have been one of the first 4k movies um that i uh, remember hearing about and they're like oh great now we need to make that sure the trash is real and not cgi because someone's gonna notice <laughs> you know what right. I mean? so it's just one of those where i'm like oh so you saying that you're watching this movie on 4k that's it i like that you're saying it's a definitive way to watch it but i'm like how do they clean up movies like this like it's just incredible (laughs) yeah i don't know i would i'm just guessing here but it's almost like it almost gave like the a feeling of like you're actually like watching it in a theater and i don't can't really describe it but it's almost you can kind of see the film grain too that it's so crisp, but it does. It did not take away from like the experience at all. Cause That's I, good. I would, yeah, because since since I downloaded the app, I was like, I downloaded the movie on my phone, so I was like watching it like different scenes like multiple times, just looking at the the details of some of the scenes. But yeah, definitely if uh, you have a 4K TV and like Star Wars, I mean Disney Plus is where it's at. Copy that. Um. What else? Oh, another cool thing too is they have like dele- like there's extras too on there, so they have like deleted scenes from the films and um, stuff like that, which is I kind of think a cool added bonus for a streaming service. I don't think you really get that with, like, say, a Netflix. 
No, certainly not. That is something I think that is missing because especially with some things on, it seems like everything's so easily accessible. Like you don't, since you're not getting like the DVD, Blu-ray, everybody's just streaming stuff anymore. That's yeah. like one thing that came with almost every disc or was a small feature, even if it was just a, yep. the special feature was a theatrical trailer. But a lot of movies like this where they did a lot of behind the scenes where people like us are actually really curious about like how they did a lot of things. Yeah. Um, that's something we're starting to lose. So that's really cool that they're, they've brought that um, aspect back. That I, I like that. Yeah, now the next thing I want to see is like a, a director commentary audio option. <laughs> oh, God. For no, streaming. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> for I occasionally streaming? like yeah. yeah. I occasionally like to listen to that once in a while for a hard disc copy of the film. Yeah, definitely. After you watch a movie like this so many times, like you're like, where do we go from here? And then you just right. learn like other cool <laughs> other cool little tidbits. But yes. it's it is it is cool though, like with Disney Plus being so new and doing what they're doing, uh it's just crazy to me that a movie like a new hope, uh, there's still stuff out there that people haven't potentially seen. Like, it's just incredible when it comes to movies, like how much they're keeping in their like, well now Disney vault. <laughs> right. I know it's nuts. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our character list. So we went through and we chose, um, our top five characters that are not main characters. So no Skywalkers or Kenobis or Solos or Yoda or Chewies <laughs> or droids. <laughs> <laughs> but um let's do you want to just go back and forth we'll start at the bottom of our list then we'll just work our way to the top let's yeah i'm with you let's start with the bottom and work our way to the top uh because i think actually going through these and like uh not besides either through the action figures uh collecting growing up or <laughs> yeah or uh, actually having to look up these names i'm like oh well, I, I can describe who I'm talking about, but I don't know if right. I, I know these names, so this will be <laughs> fun to go through. Um, nice. But, yeah, we can just go from the bottom up. I'm sure with people that aren't the main characters, we have very similar lists, I bet. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, go for my it. Number, my number five is the uh, Look, Sir, Droids Stormtrooper, <laughs> <laughs> which that scene always just cracks me up. Like it just kind of pops up with like the whatever is supposed to be a droid part. I don't know. Thank yeah, I like it. Time. They just see the tracks <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. of the droids. <laughs> but I agree. Like, I bet, like, that guy, like, I haven't been to, like, a Star Wars convention or anything like that, but I have to think that that uh, actor, like, is known in the Star Wars community where, like, right. he shows up to those things and everybody is just so excited to see this person like right. that's how i feel but i'm, I'm with you it's a very <laughs> it's a very well-known scene to anybody watching a new hope uh and liking but liking these movies for as long as we have right. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure um for me for five um i'll just go a classic of just the jawas um it's like uh they're just these you don't like you see their faces it's just uh like they're all, like almost wearing kenobi cloaks like that's where he was like masking what he was gonna wear in the desert um but just these little guys running around and like uh the noises that they made again it was just it's another one of those films or parts of the film where uh it's an alien just making noises and you're like kind of getting the idea of like what they're doing if they're happy if they're sad like right no so <laughs> But, um, but just these little scavenger guys, um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. They were just, it's just kind of fun. Uh, just something new that you at the time, like really hadn't seen in a movie uh, before. Right. And again, to talk about like the, how awesome the score is to the film. It's like when you hear like the Jawa theme, like that, you know, you get the scenes like it just automatically pops in your head. It's just so 
notable yeah. when I don't yeah very that. very vivid every time yeah. yeah absolutely yeah so uh my number four um are the jawas and uh oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> um i was just actually there's a really cool jawa scene in the second episode of the mandalorian which is really awesome but i was starting to think i was like man i was like did they like uh mimic the minions characters after jawas because like they, <laughs> they, they sound an awful lot awful they sound a lot like yeah jawas, I, actually like, just, i was just thinking of the eyes like okay under the cloaks like that's what's going on and then until you made the uh, note about the sounds right there i'm like dang it you're right minions right? do sound like jawas <laughs> yeah exactly no and that's they, great yeah that's crazy they kind of i don't know and i like Minions aren't part of the Disney universe, are they? Minions are like, I think they're their own thing. Like, uh, is it like DreamWorks? So, I think they're, I think they're Sony or, so- or DreamWorks Sony? or something. So, yeah. because oh man, I think you nailed it. Like that would have been a cool, fun little crossover that nobody right. saw coming. <laughs> <laughs> Jabba's versus Minions. Guys, coming this holiday season. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love it. Um, uh, the uh, so the. Number four for me, I had to look up this dude's name, Dr. Ivazan. <laughs> Ivazan? I don't know. But it's the guy at the cantina uh, where uh, like uh, Luke's just trying to get a drink or whatnot, and the, he was just telling him to back off because his buddy doesn't like him right. or whatever. <laughs> I just, and he's like, I'm a wanted man. And I'm like, and so actually looking up this guy's name thing, I'm like, wait, so this guy was like casted as doctor this like i bet he was shocked to shit when like they're like right. we're gonna put this mask on you <laughs> here's your lines <laughs> um uh, but my friend know, doesn't I like you <laughs> i don't like you either yeah uh just yeah it's just uh, a very memorable scene uh not even for like a scene um a lightsaber do some damage for the first time like that's not even like the part that like really called out to me uh when i was was watching it i was just the whole interaction i was just kind of laughing about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no blasters no blasters (laughs) all right um my number three is i'm gonna change i'm gonna switch this up because i think my number three is probably my number two but my number three is i I maybe cheated a little bit. I put uh, Panda Baba and Doctor Ezvakan, Ezvakan, whatever. Got it. I don't even. <laughs> yeah. I'm even butchering it. But yeah, <laughs> so for the same reason that that entire scene is kind of like. Is that's is like a a, per- that's that's a scene that I could watch and I could just like say all the lines as I'm watching it. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. Is it so Panda Baba? Is that what you said? Is that that other? He's um, the walrus man. The walrus guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, like that. That whole scene, like again, I mentioned it earlier with just all the characters in the cantina, but like it's just so cool to go around the room, and it's just funny that at this point in time, like even um, the littlest of characters you see in a corner have an action figure and a name and a title. Like whose job was it for that? <laughs> like, that's so... I know. I know. God, the marketing. Uh, oh, <laughs> so selling toys. So smart. I guess that's something we didn't bring up with a new hope. I'm just, 
I like I know with the the toys that made us on Netflix or whatnot, they had yeah. that whole a whole Star Wars thing, which was cool. But of uh, like who got the rights and like who's making these toys, I'd be interested to see like what um, the marketing aspect of this, um, like how much of maybe the worldwide gross. I'm assuming all the when we were giving numbers, it was strictly for the movie itself, not for marketing or like what that looked like. But God, that had been insane too. Right. Yeah. What was that next? It was the the toys that made us. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, on Netflix. That and was really good. Yeah, so and uh, a new season actually just came out. I saw the other day on the picture. I saw Ninja Turtles on there, so I'll have to see uh-huh. what else we yeah, what else we out. got going on. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Transformers one was really interesting too. Oh, they, yeah, no, that was yeah, that one was really good. Um, he Man was really He-Man. good. Yeah, like where they're like, we're going out of business. Let's paint this line green. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> just like it. It's just crazy. Like what we what how like how like that. that those little things all of a sudden influence pop culture in such a huge way. Like it just, yeah. it's, it's just crazy to me. Right now. Um, I think if I'm on three, I was just gonna say the Tuscan Raiders, uh, again, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just their, they, I mean, I don't want to say they don't do a lot, but uh, like just their scenes with, and like, um, how fearful Luke is of them or not necessarily fearful, but just, uh, you know, Hey, these guys are dangerous. We got to stay away from these guys. And like, again, it just the noise that they make. It's just mm-hmm. very, uh, like you get, if I heard the, if I heard the scream or call out, like I would know like, Oh, yep. That's right. A Tuscan Raider for Star Wars. Right. So I don't know, just, uh, just another cool part of the scene. Um, I think on tattooing, uh, that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Another, uh, the, uh, score again for like the, the uh tuscan raiders scene is just awesome it's just kind of quiet and it's like the the drum that kind of kicks in like doo, 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 doo. oh yeah awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i agree yeah you nailed it like with the score like seriously like everybody has their own little miniature themes and i again i think that's just the score is what I, it really drives the movie for me and that's why yes. it's hard for me for uh listening to one of our peers talk and not want to see any of these movies especially like with that because it's like how are you not getting on board just by listening like everything has an emotional cue so right. i don't know it's kind of yeah. it's kind of weird for me but yeah, yeah. tuscan raiders <laughs> <laughs> yeah speaking of uh, tuscan raiders quick as we talk about tuscan raiders and jawas on our list um i just had this thought you know I pre- pre- preparing for this podcast is like what does a jawa look like under the hood <laughs> what does a <laughs> What does a Tuscan Raider look like under the mask? And I googled it. Apparently, there isn't a answer to that. So, oh, you had me so I was listening so intently, and I'm like, and like, <laughs> it's like a guy with like a '70s quaff and like a big mustache. <laughs> uh, all right, my like number the, two. The re- What's that? I was like the real. I was just thinking. I was like the real answer is like most Jawas were the same guy playing R two D two. I'm like, oh, it's just sad. <laughs> the guy that was Willow. Willow, yeah, that's right. what I was thinking. <laughs> oh jeez, oh jeez. Oh, All right, uh, my number two is uh, Greedo. Uh, just that whole scene with like uh, the controversial scene with uh, Greedo and Han. That's been changed multiple times and which in the disney plus version has been altered again no way how so <laughs> um they i don't remember what the last alteration was before this but they both shoot at the same time and right before so like han says like i bet you have 
and like fires, but they cut in a scene right before that <laughs> where Greedo says like McClunky. <laughs> okay. So that has also been like a meme now for like the last week. <laughs> is McClunky, <laughs> but <laughs> that's weird. It, so is. Is this where like the whole like I was gonna ask you because I figured you would know um, yeah because I didn't I didn't look it up but okay so Greedo was my number two as well and then I made a note going so who did shoot first like what what, like it's been an ongoing little comment that always happens in even other pop culture references yeah like it was like that was a worse idea than Greedo shooting first so like am I missing something where in the older versions, Greedo shot first, and then DVD copies, all of a sudden Han shot first, and now you're saying they both shoot at the same time? <laughs> yeah, so Han shot first in the original. Then when they did the special editions, they had Greedo shoot first. Then, like, they digitally altered, like, Han's, like, like ducking the shot and then shooting Greedo. Because, like, George Lucas didn't want to want to make it look like Han Solo was just, like murdering Greedo. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. But I, think, I don't know. Then it was altered again multiple times. I don't I don't know. I don't remember the full details. I just gave up on it. <laughs> and so, like, it's like I'm, it ca- it I'm kinda... sure that's like a whole family guy thing where they, like, the whole episode right. of family guy is them <laughs> right. shooting. It's got to be like yeah, in that blue yeah. harvest, uh, which right. I, I don't remember, <laughs> but like that's uh, insane. <laughs> right. I don't have to go back and watch that now. <laughs> all right. um, so Greedo brings know, it down to our number ones <laughs> alright number one um, I feel like my number one now I'm getting a little serious here but my number one is uh, Grand Moff Tarkin um, I can't remember the actor now off the top of my head that played that role but um, just in this latest rewatching of A New Hope I'm like he, he's like a really vicious like character he's like you know is trying to get the location of the the rebel base from Princess Leia, and she like lies to him, and because like they're, they're gonna threaten to destroy her home world, and she tells him he's just like, okay, blow it up anyway, <laughs> you know, go yeah. ahead, <laughs> you know, like fuck you, you know, like I know you're lying, but <laughs> I'm just gonna destroy your home planet right in front of you. Just the I don't know, I just love that character, and he has some pretty yeah. good lines from the film too, but. Yeah, he's pretty brutal. Actually, after and watching this one, um, I was just looking at his like his cheekbones and indents. Like, I'm like, man, this is I, I don't know how much makeup this is, but this guy's even got like a wicked evil looking face. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and I did appreciate uh, what was it, Rogue One, where they brought um, a likeness actor back for him that like also depicted that face um, for certain uh, death squad scenes like that. So like, like, no, I agree. He's definitely you know, this vicious guy, and also like. Who's running him? Because Vader really listens to him and his guidance. So clearly, like, uh, something's going on there that uh, I don't remember or I'm not aware of or we're not aware of yet. Like, why is Vader listening to this guy and then running everybody else? Like, it's his job. Like, I don't right. know. Right. Um, for me, so mine was, and I had to look up this dude's name too, uh, General Taggy. I think, uh, anyways, like the, so he's the first guy that stood up to Vader. Uh, he's the one that was like, you know, you know, Hey, whatever, Lord Vader, no one listens to your sorcery ways. And then he starts, it's the dude that's getting choked out. So for me, yeah, it's the dude getting choked out by Vader in the beginning before grandma (laughs) Tarkin was like Vader release him. Uh, but like for me, I'm just thinking to myself, like this guy after this scene, like 
went back to his barracks and said, or like, you know, went out to the bar and had a drink with other generals that night and was like, did you hear what I said to Vader? <laughs> that pussy. <laughs> like, you know, just like, <laughs> like Vader, like he can't hear me now. And he's just like, yeah, I, I yeah, he better run away. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I just thought it was funny. Like this guy, no, like assumingly all these guys know or have heard rumors of Vader's, like what he can and cannot do uh, with his, power or just in general like his role and even just being a dark this dark looking guy that like why would you stand up to somebody that looks like that and 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 then he's just telling him what to do i just know i just i was like man that's a brave soul right there or he lost a bet like i but just always a scene that stands out to me (laughs) i know imagine what the like the uh, diversity and inclusion like uh meeting looks like on the death star <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, oh my god workplace violence <laughs> oh my god no kidding like in i was gonna say active shooter training like right. it was like what do we what do, what do we do Run when a rebel fight. shows up <laughs> well that's what i was gonna say it's like these like almost like uh on uh youtube you could look them up but like disney had like these nazi propaganda films but like of like hey how do you how do you like know what a nazi looks like and like they have it's like this like big like like huge lady with like blonde hair and like a vikings hat on or something like that it's like this is supposed to be like this like this is what a german looks like and how you how does it how do you create a nazi like i'm just thinking of like how do you create a rebel well what they did is right. <laughs> just saying like the empire is like hey you you're you're on the right side of this fight right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, but they kind of have a, yeah. uh, a a shot like that in the background of solo like a propaganda film for the empire that's kind of like that. Oh, oh, you, you're not, uh, now that you say that, I do remember that like a little bit. God, I have to rewatch Solo now too. Solo was a fun one, just uh and because it really goes off of all of this New Hope uh, of the movie we we're talking about, where you're like, okay, so there's so many different things that need to happen in Solo before it came out. You're like, okay, so we're gonna t- like Han's gotta shoot somebody first, like uh, uh, before somebody else attacks him, like because that's part of like this ongoing right. joke. Yeah like what the heck is a what's a kessel run like right. what does that look like and so right. there was just all these little like things um from han that you're like okay he always talks about this stuff and so we need to figure out like there's got to be all these depictive scenes in solo which was just really fun to watch on un- unroll yeah that's uh i feel like that's a movie they got judged maybe too critically <laughs> i got kind of left out and maybe have ruined like a possible possibility of like a great not maybe not great trilogy, but a good Star Wars trilogy because I think they had the guy that played Solo um, signed up for two more films, and like the way that movie ended, like it seemed like it was kind of like leaving it open for them to do some sort of trilogy with that. But yeah, oh. I agree. I think I think you got. I uh, if I remember correctly, it switched directors like right before the filming, and that was like a big controversy because then it went to Ron Howard, which in my opinion, Ron Howard is a uh, is a great director uh right i love i love apollo 13 so and i don't think he i don't think he did any non like injustice towards this movie i think i think the movie uh plays i like again i, I would like to watch it again and just kind of see how how it goes without all the criticism that was going around it at the time so yeah. definitely definitely um uh, but yeah that would be my number one the dude getting choked out by vader <laughs> <laughs> oh all right, um, Jamie, who was going to join us but um, had run out, he did send me his top five, so I'll just go through those really quick. Cool. Um, for five, he had uh, Porkins, who was uh, <laughs> Porkins. Who's he was Porkins? One of, one of the X-wing 
wing pilot pilots that gets, oh. uh, <laughs> shot down early in the, the Death Star run. Um, gotcha. Red leader, <laughs> which I was gonna say. Red... <laughs> well, well, wait. Well, I was gonna say, isn't there several like Red Two? <laughs> like, red leader, same. Yeah, I thought like Wedge more... was Red leader. Anyway. And, yeah. I'm really getting my Star Wars card pulled right now. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say we'll have to do during the fact check. We'll we'll go back to right? this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do some housekeeping on next episode. Um, yeah, absolutely. Number three, he had Jawas. Um, number two, he had Moff Tarkin, and number one, he had Wedge. So yeah, I totally oh, okay. forgot about Wedge too. Yeah. All right, and that concludes this episode of Movie Time Machine. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.